Hello, welcome once again to the Executive Central Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and today, well, we've looked a lot in recent podcasts on managing performance culture, and that inevitably means changing the way things are done. So how do you bring about that change? If you're a leader, how do you ensure that that change is happening and that everyone has the same idea about why that change is happening and where you're heading? That's today on the Executive Central Podcast. And to look at this very important question, Rob Barmer is with me again, Managing Director of Executive Central. Now, Rob, I mean, lots of people like to think that they're all about change, but it seems, you know, for lots of people, managers included, that they don't actually like change. There is a difference, isn't there, between talking the talk and walking the walk? Oh, there certainly is, Phil. Uh, yep, people can, as you say, they talk a, talk a good talk, but the actual ability to walk the walk of leading and managing change very well is, you know, is, a, is something that isn't um, as perhaps common as you might think um, and is certainly a skill that leaders often struggle with in our experience. Mm, yeah, and yet, I mean, that's uh, the clue is in the title, isn't it, really? Leader, uh, you expect people to be leading uh, and if change is involved, and every company needs to change, obviously, because we're in a constantly evolving world, the leader needs to lead, as the title says. Yeah, it's, 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 you're spot on. I was just thinking what jumped to my mind when you said that too, you know, as you often get into that discussion about what is leadership versus what is management and all that stuff. And, and look, frankly, in mm. organisational leadership, my view is you need a bit of both. But the, uh, you know, the great Covey quote was, Stephen Covey was, uh, you know, management is all about effectively climbing the rungs of the ladder, but leadership is all about making sure the ladder is leaning, leaning against the right wall. <laughs> like that. Well, so what are you up against? Where, where are you heading, I guess? Uh, which, which sort of reminds me of that old Irish line, uh, you know, how do I get to a certain place? And the Irishman responds, well, I wouldn't be starting from here to start with, uh, which is actually where you want to go, because you want to have a look at the way you've got a three-phase approach about a simplified way that leaders can look at leading and managing change. So this is a three-phase approach. Uh, and this is a bit Irish. You want to start at the end as well. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's a good way of looking. It's starting with what's ending is really the way I'd say it. Uh, so, so if you think about that, Whatever, you know, in any change situation, you are changing from something. So something is ending in some way, right? So we're right. moving away yeah. from it. Um, so you've got to know, where, so you have got to, it is like the Irish line, then you've actually got to know where you are that, you, you, that you're trying to get from. Exactly right. And, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a few things that I would say that are really critical about managing that phase of the change. Let's call it managing endings. Um, and the first thing actually starts with uh, actually respecting what is ending, mm. right? Now, now I'll, I'll just focus in on this a little bit because in change we all get excited about what we're changing to particularly the people that are the architects of change get very excited and motivated by the new thing okay but unfortunately what that can often do inadvertently is disrespect the old thing yeah right so whatever and, is and all the and all the people who worked on that old thing who are possibly ex- still working in the organisation who you want to bring exactly, along with you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. That is the key point. That old thing, let's call it that, whatever it is you're moving away from, uh, you know, it it had its place. Um, you've got to actually respect. Well, all right, you know, and I, I came from the IT industry, so I used to see this all the time. You know, you've got the sexy new IT system that we want to change to, but when you look at the old IT system. You know, we've had that for five years. If you actually think about what that helped us achieve Mm. and, as you say, the amount of effort that went in from a lot of people to get that IT system functioning to its level today, you know, that was there was a lot of goodness in it, right? And 
to turn up and, and essentially say, well, this old way of doing things is rubbish and mm. has no place in the modern world actually disrespects a lot of those people and, more importantly, will generate a lot of defensiveness in those people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is where, you know, people talk about resistance to change. If you want to create a high level of resistance to change right from the word go, just disrespect the old thing. Yeah. You hey, do you know what? Them. I've I've said so often on this podcast. I mean, you are a very wise man because I know uh, lots of man managers wouldn't even, or you know, or change merchants or leaders wouldn't even think about that. They'd just be saying, "Isn't this great? It's all spangly and new, and moving towards it. This is uh, this is the future." I wouldn't even think about uh, you know what's gone before and, and who they're upsetting in the process. No, that's right, and and it's a sad thing because you know a lot of the time. I mean, that this this comes into why managing this phase is so important. So, if you like, the psychology of change, and a leader's job is to get people on board with the change process and the change journey. Mm. If you, uh, if from the psychological point of view, if you've got people defensive right from the word go and putting up their barriers. Um, it's amazing, even though the old thing might have barnacles all over it, meaning, you know, there might be all sorts of problems with it. And everyone, it's as clear as the nose on your face that this thing is not really, you know, it's time to change. Yeah. You will have people uh, defending that to the hilt and they will be pointing out every possible good thing that there is. And, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, this is an overreaction and we're not being fair to them. And off it'll go, right? And you've before anyone's even remotely interested in considering what the new thing is, they're actually focused on the loss of the yeah. old thing. Do you right? know what? It, it should be illegal, shouldn't it, to say, if it ain't broken, why fix it? That should just not be a sentence that's allowed <laughs> in business. But, I mean, they might be right in palm, mightn't they? The, the, I mean, if yeah. the, the, there will be some good stuff in the in the old stuff that you want to take with you to uh, for the for the new thing, surely. Yeah, well, look, that's that's a really important, you know, next element, if you like, in this managing of endings, because as well as respecting the old thing, what people will focus on in any change is the assumption that everything is changing. You know, we're mm. throwing out the, the whole, you know, baby with throwing the, the baby water. out with the bathwater, as yeah. they say, with the yeah. whole lot. And most of the time in, in most changes, we're actually not. You know, uh, we're only probably changing, you know, a certain proportion of what the old thing is. So it may not be a complete system change as we're talking about. So it is really important to, as well as respecting what was, um, helping people understand what is changing and what isn't. Right. Because uh, and that the natural tendency is to focus on the loss and they will assume they're losing everything. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I guess there's got to be a reason behind it as well, hasn't there? I mean, the worst thing in the world could be a new manager coming in and saying, oh, I'm all about change. You've got to give a reason for why that change is happening. Well, because people don't understand this reason behind the change, their assumption is that it's just change for change's sake. Mm. You know, and so many times, and, let, and let's face it, there's so much change going on in organisations people get a bit change fatigued, right? And they just sort of go, oh, here we go again. It's like a whole bunch of people just making work for themselves here. And that's the sort of cynic, cynical view that will creep in if you don't manage this endings phase well. So, no. so quick re quick summary, it's, it's respect what was, it's be clear about what is and what isn't changing, and then very importantly, point out what's the reason behind why we need to make this change. You know, and what has changed in our environment that is necessitating this?
Right. When you've done that, then, yeah, uh, when you've done all of that, then you can say, right, okay, well, where is it that we're going to? Yeah, exactly. And so maybe we'll go to the other end of the spectrum. So obviously, once we've managed endings, we we are, are of course, moving towards some sort of new beginning, some new thing. Mm. So there is clearly a need to manage the the new beginnings part um, effectively, right? Um, And and we see certainly in a lot of organisations, you know, while everyone might be saying, right, yeah, we're hitting the go button on this, the actual implementation of the new thing is handled poorly and that can often, you know, derail the whole process as well. Yeah, okay. and I can, I can see some of the questions that people would have, like, am I yeah. going to have a job after this? Is my job going to be harder? Uh, are our customers going to take to it or is it all going to go wrong? Am I going to get, you know, you're going to get all of that uncertainty that goes with this, aren't you? Yeah, well, look, probably an important thing to point out is that y- you will often find that uh, all of the answers aren't quite available uh, at the time we announce that there is going to be a change. Now, what I mean mm. by that is, you know, when people become clear and if you've if you've managed the endings well, uh, they kind of go, all right, well, we know we're moving away from this thing, but what's this new thing going to be? How, what's the policies going to be? How's it all going to work? You know, all that sort of stuff. So they're curious. And unfortunately, just due to facts of life, we may not have all of those answers ready to go. Yeah, that's because it's not a full-blown solution yet, is it? I mean, what, what you've got is an, an objective. You know what it is you're trying to achieve. Yes, correct. We may not have all the solutions yet. Mm. And, and, that, and that in itself is what actually causes this neutral zone, right? Um, now, that's the point where people know that the old thing's going away, but they're not quite sure about what all the new thing is yet. So we call it the neutral zone because people will go into this almost, well, let's just wait and see mode. Yeah. So it's a little bit like they, the car is driving along, but we've just bumped it into neutral. Um, it'll keep rolling. You know, it's still got momentum and it'll keep rolling for a while. But if you leave, leave it in neutral for too long, it'll eventually coast to a stop. Yeah. Um, so practically, what does that mean? Well, it'll be, well, people will kind of go, well, we, we won't make that decision until we've got clarity. Or we'll just wait for the findings to come out. We'll wait for head office to tell us what to do. Um, etc. And as a result, the danger is in the neutral zone is people do go into just a you know a holding. Pattern. Well, often, I mean, if you're not directly involved in these change projects, all you hear is that it's taking longer. Uh, it's uh, it's over budget. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the uh, the project managers are having to cross out lines of things that were going to be delivered and not going to be delivered anymore because uh, because it's all got too complicated. All you seem to hear is bad news. Yes. And and you know if you think about it, the the people who were you know if not particularly on board with the change in the first place, yeah, it's ammunition. Yeah, it's ammunition. It's like I told you so. Look at this; these mm. these jokers don't know what they're doing. Um, so if if you're not careful and don't manage that neutral zone period well, then you know that all yeah. all abounds. So what do you? So how do you do yeah. that then? Let's see. I mean, that seems like a that that is the most difficult phase out of all of it. Yes, exactly. Um, and and I would say it is often a phase that organisations go into for years. People are in the neutral zone for years at times. It's it's astounding. But people are still in this. Well, we haven't really got clarity, so we'll wait and see. So to answer your question few things to consider there. Probably the most practical thing I can say is for leaders is to make interim decisions. In other words, we don't quite know what the end policy is going to be and exactly how that's going to, but for now, we're going to follow this process or we're going to, let's make the policy this. And if we need to change that next week, that's fine. But for now, 
for this week, this is how we're going to play the game. Um, and doing that just gives people, you know, it sort of re-engages the gear, if you like. We are at least driving the car now. Um, and, you know, yes, if we need to change it, fine, but that'll be another interim decision. Right, so it's a workaround. In other words, you know what we're talking about, it's a short-term workaround. And I guess if we're doing that, we need to keep on reminding people over and over again exactly why it is right. we're doing this, what the end game is and what, what the benefits are going to be. Exactly right. You can't remind them enough of the fact that, yeah, look, I know this is painful. It is, it's a shame we had to change. But remember, uh, you know, we're now in a situation where our marketplace has communicated completely differently to the way they always have. And if we don't change this approach, we won't be able to talk to them. Right. So, so that sort of thing, as an example, is what you need to really uh, reinforce constantly. Um, and I think just generally, it's be aware, you know, in that sort of phase, be prepared for sort of heightened emotions. You know, people will be prone to overreading or overreacting to things. And that's where that communicating relentlessly is important. You can, you can sort of stay on top of what's concerning people and hopefully not let it blow up into what I call a big balloon issue, which is really hard to pop, you know. You're better off dealing with it when it's a little balloon. So don't get lost in the neutral zone is the, uh, is the key message. We've got to maintain that momentum Correct. and remind people where they've, where they've come from, where they're going to, yes. and get on with the job in the meantime. That's right. And I suppose that that then brings us to that new beginnings phase, which is really the third. So just recapping, the first phase is managing endings. The second phase is managing the neutral zone. And then there's some things you need to do to manage the new beginnings, right? Um, so let's say we've now got to the point where that change project team has defined what, you know, it's all going to be. Um, but, but then there's some, still some stuff to do. So um, what I'd probably throw in there, Phil, is, you know, no new project when it was turned on ever worked perfectly, mm. right, the, mm. the, on the first day. So, and, you know, again, uh, there will be problems, if you, if you don't manage those effectively, you'll have all of the naysayers going straight to, I told you so, you know, I yeah. told you so. So preparing for problems, anticipating them and being prepared to really deal with them efficiently and effectively is a critically important thing for leaders to do, not just the change management team. Yeah. But the leaders to do, and hopefully the leader, the leader should have been around long enough to know with these things uh, that things will go wrong because they always do. Yep. Um, so, and, and you know, to help with that, um, I'd be saying overinvest in training on the new thing. You yep. know, really don't short circuit that because you know, oh, this is simple; they'll get it quickly. Well, no, they won't. You're better off actually doing more training and development on the new thing, whether that's processes or techniques or technologies or whatever it is. Uh, to help out, and then and then I suppose um, that that all wrapped up really means you need to keep leading the change project for quite a period after it's actually been implemented. Yeah, you know, you just can't wring your hands and say done. That's it. Um, you, you've got to stay present to deal with these sorts of things, and that's something we see. Unfortunately, a lot of yeah uh, you know, leaders don't do. As I said, they move on to the next shiny thing. <laughs> and, which and is the next why, change you know, project yeah yeah the uh, next change projects come up fantastic and we haven't really implemented the previous one properly yet yeah. um, which is what then you know feeds into this whole change fatigue and, and perhaps change cynicism that you'll find in organizations when those things aren't done well well it's a bit like a bit of software isn't it you know you get a new bit of software and you might start to figure out how to use it you sort of teach yourself and then uh, maybe a couple of years down the track somebody says hey did you know you can do this 
with this bit of software? And you go, no, I had no idea. I've been using it for years. Uh, and it's just because, you know, you, you you weren't trained in all of the capabilities of it. And I guess it's the same for processors or, you know, anything you do in a, in, in a company. Uh, you know, unless you unless you go through all of that training, you might be missing half the game. Exactly right. <laughs> I think it's a perfect example. Um, and, you know, you do see that time and time again. Sadly, a lot of the real benefits of the new thing, whatever it is that you're doing, um, never get to see the, da- the light of day because, you know, some of these new managing of new beginnings things that we're talking about weren't done well. Yeah. And as a result, you know, you're probably realising 10%, if you're lucky, of the true value of what you've just spent all this time changing to. Yeah. And I, I go, it's, it's easy for people to kind of get in their minds that, you know, we're talking about, you know, new products or a new IT system or something like that. But it, it, it equally applies to new behaviours or new approaches, um, new processes that we want to use, um, new policies that need to be, be implemented. Um, you know, all of those, sadly, very rarely reach their full potential or achieve the objectives, the full objectives for which they were implemented because the, the process of leading and managing change that we've been discussing isn't handled so well. So there's a huge upside in getting this right, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, crying shame if you do all that work and uh, the full benefits aren't realised. Makes a lot of sense, and it is just really paying a lot of attention to detail, isn't it? And listening to people as well and communicating, uh, which not everyone is very good at. Great to talk, as always. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Phil. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Rob Barmer, the Managing Director of Executive Central, of course. And next time, have you got the right skill set to influence change? Because to navigate through what we've been talking about today, you really do need to influence people. So we'll look at that next time. Don't miss it. Thanks for listening. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll see you then. 